0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Today, we go behind the headlines. Kaiser Health News published a report yesterday about a striking spike in the number of syphilis cases, including in rural Missouri. The piece is by Lauren Weber, who is a correspondent for Kaiser Health News. She joined the outlet staff just last month with an eye toward covering how America's health care system is working and not working for the midwest. Lauren, thanks so much for being here.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So your piece is about rising rates of syphilis. And and f- forgive me, but I think of syphilis as a kind of old-timey sexually transmitted infection. Haven't we I thought we'd long have had a cure for that.
1: Well, that's we we have had a cure for it for a while, but the sad part of it is that it's still around. The CDC actually had a plan in 1999 to eradicate it. We were down to Thirty-five thousand cases. Now, in 2017, we're up to 101 thousand cases.
0: I just want to pause on that moment. Uh, in 1999, there was a plan to eradicate it. Yes. And and the levels at that time were about how many cases? Thirty-five thousand. Okay. And since then?
1: Since then, it's more than tripled, and we're now at 101. So it 101 thousand. So it is. We are very much, very far, far away from that plan 20 years ago, and we're frankly entering into a period where cases continue to skyrocket.
0: Let's take a moment to just talk about the the condition itself. What does syphilis do to someone?
1: So syphilis, it, you know, it's a sexually transmitted disease. It's both treatable and curable. So you can absolutely get treatment if you notice that you have it. You usually, we'll spot it by having a lesion for a couple weeks or so, and then the next stage involves some rashes. And later, if it's not treated, uh, you can have some, you know, organ failure, neurological damage, possibly some eye damage, and some other issues. The most pro- problematic part of this, as well, is congenital syphilis, mm-hmm. which is when a pregnant woman passes to her fetus the disease, and that can lead to both uh, birth defects and possibly the baby being stillborn or dying. So,
0: so it sounds like in the in the immediate term it's a disease that has relatively manageable symptoms but yes. just if left untreated can really can become... get bad okay yeah um does it you mentioned pregnant women does it pose different threats for for men and women
1: it poses the same threats but it's it's more problematic for women in the sense that they could pass it along to their potential fetus if they become
0: pregnant mm-hmm. so and, and again that's... and again what are, what are the consequences a, the... that
1: that can result in birth deformities it can result in miscarriage or it can result in stillbirth
0: okay are there demographic groups that are particularly hard hit by this?
1: So, it my story really focuses on how we're seeing a massive uptick in syphilis cases outside of the major city areas. Normally syphilis is considered something that you see primarily in urban areas or across the south and sometimes in, you know, up the coast in California. But in recent years we are seeing a sharp uptick of cases proliferating into places that are outside of these major city areas. I mean as as you and I both know, it's not like St. Louis doesn't have an STD reputation. Uh St. Louis and Kansas City are frequently considered some of the top STD hotspots in the nation.
0: And that's not just a perception is it? That's
1: No, no, that's a that's a CDC stat. Uh so in general, syphilis is frequently more seen in the city, but In recent years, we've now seen it really rise outside of the city. Now, the number of cases of syphilis in Missouri went from 2012 to 2018, went from 425 to 1896. That's four times the number of cases in the span of six years. And half of those cases, or almost half of those cases, we're outside major cities, which is a massive jump in case count outside of the cities.
0: Hmm. And in your, your your piece for Kaiser Health News, there's a series of maps which show mm-hmm. the prevalence of syphilis in different areas of the state of Missouri. And going all the way back, St. Louis, for instance, was particularly hard hit, right? That's, that's, right. It's nothing new here. No. But what's different now is that other parts of the state are catching up.
1: Absolutely. It's diffusing into other parts of the state that really haven't been exposed to syphilis. So providers there may not have seen it, may not expect to see it in their patients. Uh, there's a little bit more stigma around it. And this also corresponds to the rise of drug use throughout Missouri. And Hilary Reno, who is a professor, uh, assistant professor of medicine at the WashU School of Medicine, has been doing a lot of research that showed that half of the people that reported syphilis outside of um, outside of St. Louis, St. Louis County and Kansas City, all also reported drug use. Hmm. So drug use is contributing to this rise of syphilis outside of these major metropolitan Hmm. areas.
0: Let's talk some more about the rise in in rural areas Mm -hmm. and why we think that's happening. Increased drug use is one factor. Do we have other thoughts?
1: So increased drug use is one factor. Increased stigma and a lack of knowledge or exposure to the disease is another factor. But the main issue, the reason we're losing the battle against syphilis in these more rural areas is a complete lack of public health funding and a crumbling of public health infrastructure. Over the last, from 2012 to 2018, at that same time, we saw a quadrupling of cases. The state of Missouri saw its budget for STD prevention drop by three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And overall, federally, if you look at STD funding prevention, it stayed pretty flat from 20 from 2003 to 2018. It was around one hundred fifty seven point three million. That's a 40% decrease in purchasing power. So on top of that, on top of all of this you know, lack of funding and the decreased funding, you have an inability by public health departments to fund sexual health clinics. So you have less hours for sexual health clinics being open. You have less ability for them to cover some of the cost. You have that cost being passed on to patients. You have less places for people to go. Um,
0: so it sounds like the pot of money has been pretty stagnant for some number of years. Yes,
1: and when the pot of money is stagnant and the cases are rising, it's not. It's not a good sign. Yeah. And stagnant isn't even really accurate because if it's stagnant with, a, you know, in inflation, that's
0: really a depreciation. The, the, the total dollars yeah. are similar now as they were ten or twenty years ago. Exactly.
1: So, okay. And so, as George Walton told me, who's the head of STD prevention in Iowa. He said it's very difficult to get ahead of an epidemic when case counts are steadily, sometimes rapidly increasing, and your resources are at best flat. It just becomes overwhelming.
0: Okay, so easy question, hard answer. Why isn't there more money being put into this?
1: Why isn't there more money being put into this? It's always a great question. Well, in most public health issues, unless you see fire, you don't throw money at it, and which results in problems like this where – you know, if you invested in prevention, you would probably save yourselves a heck of a lot of cost in the long run. But it, the, the, there has been flat investment in prevention, and which is, in fact, stagnant, or is, in fact, a depreciation, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. And that means that you've seen this tremendous uptick of cases, in part also because we have this new increase in drug use that's helping drive it in rural areas.
0: Yeah, and I imagine uh, syphilis isn't the only sexually transmitted no. disease that is following trends similar to this?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, chlamydia and gonorrhea are actually much higher than syphilis. Uh, and gonorrhea also has a drug-resistant component that's very, very Higher, concerning. you mean in terms of total in, cases? In terms of total cases. Okay. Uh, are those cases spiking
0: like syphilis? They are
1: similarly going up. You know, STD advocates around the country are really pushing for a, an influx of federal funds. They call this a public health emergency to really deal with the increase of STDs across the country. Now, as all these STDs are going up, the resources to deal with them is going down. Like I said, you know, people have been forced to close their sexual health clinics even in St. Charles. They they closed their sexual health clinic in order to fund other health priorities. Uh and in,
0: So where do, where do decisions like that get made? Is that at the state level?
1: It's I mean it's both at the state and the local level. And now, you know what? Public health departments have very many different competing interests. You know, they also have to especially in some of these more rural counties in Missouri, they have to vaccinate all the kids for school. And that competes with what they decide to prioritize. And when you have less money, everything gets less money and everything gets less attention.
0: Let's talk a bit about you mentioned the stigma Mm -hmm. behind uh, treating this treating or identifying this disease in the first place. Is that something that is more of a problem, for instance, in rural counties than than in St. Louis?
1: Uh, That is what I have been told. Craig Highfill, who's the head of Missouri's STD Prevention Force, uh, told me a pretty... Devastating story about a woman who had told him that her rural provider said something to her when she suggested she might have syphilis Oh, honey, only hookers get syphilis. And it's those kind of attitudes that really add to stigma and and keep people from going in to get syphilis. That's her her doctor? Her doctor said that to her Oh, honey, only hookers get syphilis. That is not the correct attitude we should be having for anyone seeking any sort of STD treatment whatsoever. So
0: it sounds like even uh, health providers. Are not necessarily up to date on on this latest. Information. I think that
1: is. I think that's an accurate assessment. Uh, and I, I don't think that it's been clear the extent to which this has jumped. Carolyn Schrage, who runs a um, sexual health clinic in Joplin in Southwest Missouri, was detailing for me how she has so many syphilis cases she can't even keep them all straight. She said, that, you know, she can barely keep the treatments stocked on her shelves. She said to me, "She feels like she's a voice in the wilderness, crying out over how many Silvus cases she has that no one believes."
0: And that that story about the doctor is still <laughs> yes, is kind of is disturbing. Uh, are conservative social views in rural areas part of this matrix?
1: That is what Craig uh, and some of the other public health officials also relayed to me. They said too, if you know, think about it, you're in a more small town, and you know, you only have one local doc that you've grown up with your whole life. You may not feel comfortable talking about your sexual history with this doctor. You also may not want to go in and and the receptionist might be chatty. You know, these are things that folks have relayed to him as concerns for them in seeking care. The other thing is, is the willingness to talk about non-marital sex or homosexuality, which is a common thread among STD prevention in syphilis. So... Syphilis is primarily... Before 2013, syphilis was primarily spread by men having sex with men. And so uh, after 2013 there became a huge uptick in drug use cases, which then was more spread among the women having sex with men population. So now it's you kind of have two equal epidemics, but a reluctance to talk about sexual partners and sexual experiences has led to some of that stigma growing in these areas.
0: So the, 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 the news peg today is, is this rise in syphilis rates, but it sounds like we're talking about a much bigger issue about just sexual health. In the in the state of Missouri,
1: absolutely. I think sexual health and treatment, and it's not just Missouri. I mean, this is both in Missouri. I talk to folks in Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma, the West. It's it's a problem that you know in the past syphilis has been primarily you know as I said focused in these cities or you know along the coast in the South and up California. And now, if you look at a map the CDC has, it's like a net Mm. capturing the upper half of the country now and kind of closing in and diffusing into these other areas. They really haven't seen
0: it before and are not prepared to fight it. Are there people advocating for changes to the policies that are resulting in these things? I mean, what, what can be done?
1: What can be done? You know, there's a lot of people advocating for a huge uptick in federal funding for STD prevention. Money helps. Money helps. I mean, like I said, so uh, Missouri's money basically only comes from the federal government. Missouri doesn't allocate any extra money for this. And oh, is, that,
0: is that unusual?
1: It is not unusual, but states like New York, Oregon, Texas all do actually allocate extra money, which can lead to... You know, providing rides for people to get tested for STDs, or you know, covering other costs, which would certainly be helpful, but that's not currently the case here. But as I said, federal funding has stayed flat at 157.3 million, which is really
0: a huge decrease when you look at inflation. Mm-hmm. And you're you're new to covering this region, is that is that correct? That
1: is correct. I am the new Kaiser Health News Midwest correspondent. At- well, so
0: so that means you. You get to see things with fresh eyes.
1: I do get to see things with fresh eyes. So. How
0: how do you how does it appear to you that Missouri is doing just in terms of sexual and reproductive health issues?
1: I think Missouri has a lot to work on when it comes to sexual and reproductive health issues. I mean, as I said before, St. Louis and Kansas City are are very well known for having a huge problem with STDs. Uh, that said, I do want to give a shout out to the St. Louis Public Health Department um, or the Missouri Health Department and services that Craig was running. I mean, I think they're doing the best they can with the limited funds that they have. You know. I also talked to folks at the uh, NACHO, the National Association of City and County Health Officials, who applauded his work but also said that, look, doing public health outreach now is harder in the age of social media and apps where folks have multiple sexual partners through Grindr or other apps that are difficult to track down. They may not know their name or where they live, whereas in the past some public health official could kind of stake out the local bar and kind of track a spread of an STD like this. That's really not as easy now with kind of apps and other ability to access multiple sexual partners.
0: Can you give a sense? Give us a sense of what you might be looking into next.
1: What I might be looking into next, I am looking into a lot of things. Feel free to email me at any time at Lauren uh, W at KFF.org. But I'm tackling rural health across Missouri. I'm tackling challenges across the heartland when it comes to how healthcare is working and not working for you. I also want to look into rural pharmacies and uh, the PDMP program in St. Louis County. So All right.
0: we'll continue yeah. to follow your work.
1: I look forward to it. Thanks so much for having me on, Lauren
0: Weber. Thanks so much for joining. It's really a pleasure. Difficult topic, but great to hear some 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 plain spoken facts about it.
1: Thanks. This
0: is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, ninety point seven KWMU. <laughs>